Hi everyone, welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, I'm your host. I'm a Senior Director of Valuation Services at CFGI. And in my world, business performance and business value is measured by the numbers. Uh, I think most strategic leaders understand that the real magic happens behind the numbers. And that's what we tend to explore here on this program. Today, my guest is Tony Vitullo, CFO of Aurora Engineers. Tony, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you, Dave. Good to be here. So I always ask my guest at the beginning of the program just to provide a little bit of background about themselves and maybe about their firm, and uh, then we'll jump into the rest of the conversation. Okay. Well, as you said, I'm, I'm CFO of Aurora Engineers. Started my career, uh, as a lot of financial people do, in public accounting for a large international accounting firm in Philadelphia. Uh, progressed through the ranks of junior accountant, senior accountant there. Became a director of internal audit for a uh, public company right after my uh, public accounting days. And I progressed through, through all of that up to the CFO position. I've probably been a CFO now probably 40 plus years. Different companies, entrepreneurial public companies, smaller public companies, startups. Uh, a lot of experience that gave me a lot of this gray hair that I had. <laughs> was there a point in your career where you said, you know, I, I really wanted to be a, a finance leader? Uh, you know, it kind of it it kind of just gelled and materialized automatically. Uh, one of the first jobs that I had after internal audit was with a, a small public company in the financial services business, which unfortunately fell upon hard times in the '74 to '78 recession, uh, and. Uh, I went from assistant controller to uh, CFO very sh very quickly and very quickly had a bankruptcy that we had to deal with. Uh -oh. So I grew up to tender on young age of 28 and became a CFO and uh, in the city of Philadelphia had to take a small, again, public company through Chapter 11. So uh, it kind of happened. I wasn't planning it. It happened and then everything since that in my career has just developed from that. Gotcha. And so you've been a CFO for a long time, like you mentioned. And when I talk with CFOs, there's a common theme in terms of their roles and responsibilities evolving over time. I'd be curious to get your perspective on how your role as CFO has evolved. Well, it started pretty much as uh, not behind the numbers, but doing the numbers, creating the numbers. Yeah. Uh, and again, as, as I started through this bankruptcy, I had to start thinking more strategically, operationally, as to where we're going, other than just debits and credits and financial statements. So, and that has progressed, and back in the day, I used to call myself an operational CFO because I like to get involved in the operations. Uh, that's developed now to the current terms of strategic CFO, uh, but every, every step along the way has just added to that experience and background that I've been able to, to again, develop the financial skills and the strategic skills along the yeah. way. What skills constitute that strategy aspect of your role? Obviously, analytical skills, which, which you, know, you learn through your education, through your, your practice as a, as a CPA in a CPA firm. But beyond that, you have to have a curiosity as to what makes the business tick. What generates those numbers? How do those numbers get to the sheet? And again, what's behind the numbers, to, to borrow your, your, your title here? Uh, because just looking at raw numbers really doesn't tell you a lot about the business. It can tell you whether you made money or lost money, but it doesn't tell you why. And I always had that curiosity of why, how can we make it better, and how do I help the CEO or the owner of the business really to grow their business and to be sustainable in their business. How have you been able to communicate that message about looking, we'll call it behind the numbers, you know, cheap pop there. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you communicate that to uh, your leadership teams? It, it, it's interesting. Earlier in my career, uh, when, when I did, I did a little bit of teaching, and I had to teach 18 and 19-year-olds about accounting and numbers. 
And I had to get a little creative about it because accounting, although as accountants, we think it's easy, for somebody coming in, it isn't. And I learned how to translate that to 18-year-olds that had no clue about business. So being able to take that and, and to be teaching without preaching uh, to a CEO actually helped me to do that, along with understanding their business. If you understand the business and you're not talking about just numbers, hey, you lost money this month, instead of saying, you lost money this month, but these couple areas look like they had problems. Do you know what happened here? Or maybe I can delve a little deeper into it. So you really have to understand the operation of the business and, and what, what makes the business go. Yeah, you know? and it's so easy to get lost in the weeds if your training is that of a, a numbers person, so to speak. Um, how would you groom a younger professional who's just coming into the role of a finance uh, leader? I, I, I would groom that person basically by having them get into the numbers first so that they understand what generates the numbers, what's behind them. So, you know, if you go back into the accounting days, you do an account analysis and say, all right, so this number was, you know, over budget by $10,000. Why? And they come back and say, well, it did this. Yeah, but why did it do this? You know, so it's always the why. Yeah. You know, why? How did it happen? Don't tell me just that it happened and we missed budget by 10000 Why? And then, and then dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And I think that's what you really have to do to okay. really understand the business. Gotcha. Uh, before we continue this conversation, Tony, I understand that you brought some graphics with you um, about a corporate event that you might want to talk about. I think our production team has sure. those graphics queued up. Um, if you could roll those in, in the studio. Yep, there you go. Talk about that. We do Tony. a lot of philanthropical activities. This was uh, for Breast Awareness, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So we've done this for several years now. We, we all uh, get an Aurora branded uh, pink t-shirt and then we make a contribution to the Breast Awareness Susan Komen Society. Yeah. And we've done that now for the last three years. This is a picture of our last annual meeting. Every May we bring as many people from around the country as we can. We have now 215 employees and we had I think if I recall, about 140 people that came in for this meeting. Uh, and we have an all-day session where we bring everybody up to date. We have all our regional offices come in and their, their branch managers actually make a presentation of what they've done. And we try and keep it to like a five or ten minute. And we get everybody involved in where the company is, where it's going. And it's, it's, it's kind of a celebration of the business and what we've done in the last year. Yeah, it's team building, it's leadership it all rolled into one. Absolutely, it's team building. Uh, we have uh, uh, a luncheon speaker to, to break the sessions yeah. up. Um, yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's kind yeah. of what we do. Yeah. So Tony, if anybody wants to reach out to you and, and learn more about your firm or your background, how can they contact you? They can co contact me at avitulo at auroraengineers.com or at tvitulo is my Twitter handle. Okay. How's your crystal ball looking today, Tony? I'm, I'm going to ask you to look into it and let's talk a little bit about the future of the role of CFO and what, what are the tools that the CFO of the future really needs to have to be successful? I think the CFO really, you know, it's always good to have a good financial foundation basis and again, know how the numbers are generated, but you need to be a strategic thinker. You really need to understand the business that you're in, understand business in general and be able to be that strategic partner to whether it's the owner, the CEO, uh, whoever is your partner in, in sustainability and growth of the business. So you have to get, again, I hate to use your title, but you have to get behind the numbers. You know, the numbers are, to me, they're a marker, they're an indication, they're historical. 
okay? You really need to know what's generated them and what's going to make them better or worse. You need to be ahead of the curve. Yeah. You absolutely need to be ahead of the curve. You need to understand your business and you need to understand what changes are happening in the market around you. You know, if, if we're in the engineering business, so, and we deal a lot with infrastructure, so we need to be aware of what the infrastructure is. Our, our, our tagline is rebuilding infrastructure, which is what we're trying to do uh, and what the country is trying to do. Infrastructure is, 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 is in great need of rebuilding in this, in this country. And when Congress decides to fund it, there is going to be a lot of work in this business. So how do I, as a strategic CFO, help the CEO prepare for that? You know, and, that yeah. and that's my job. And I think that's any, anyone that aspires to be a real CFO needs to be thinking strategically as well as financially and in the numbers. Yeah, and by the way, you never need to apologize by talking about going behind the numbers. <laughs> That's kind of validating, so thank it, you it for is, that. Yeah. Uh, we only have about, I think, maybe two more minutes to go in this segment, but one of the roles that CFOs undertake uh, is M&A, whether it's buy side or sell mm -hmm. side, and a lot of the CFOs that I've come in contact with over the last couple of years are experiencing that for the first time. And I know you've been through a number of these things. What, what advice might you offer a, a CFO who's now been asked to uh, be responsible for leading an M&A endeavor? I think, again, understanding your business, your business, understanding why you want to do this merger or acquisition. I think having a good team, which includes uh, a good accounting firm, uh, a good valuation firm, uh, a good attorney, absolutely, to, to help you along the way, uh, and, and being a a rookie M&A CFO, lean on whoever you can that has had past experience to help and guide you along the way. We've done that in Aurora. I've had experience prior to Aurora, and uh, leaning on those mentors really, really has helped along the way. Yeah, is there something about the diligence process that stands out over time? You can never be too diligent, okay, and uh, try not to rush through it. Sometimes uh, your CEO may be anxious to, to get the deal done. The seller may be anxious to get the deal done, but it's better to get the deal done later and get it done properly than getting it done sooner and find out you made a mistake. Point taken. We've talked on this program and I've written about circumstances where uh, deal fatigue set in, uh, where people were tired of reading drafts of documents and in those 11th hours and 12th hours, language was slipped in there and uh, they weren't aware of what they were getting themselves into. Yeah, the last deal that we did took 15 months to accomplish, but it was done properly. You know, it took 15 months. I was in uh, one deal years ago that fell apart two weeks before closing. So the diligence is constant up until the date of closing. So it, 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 you can't be too diligent. Is there a key to integrating two organizations in your view? Uh, integration is difficult. A lot of integrations fail, I'm sure, as, as you know. Yeah. You have to be aware of the culture of the, the firm that you've just acquired as it relates to your culture. And that's, again, that's part of the due diligence process. But you also have to be cognizant that the, the, the acquiree, those, those people in that company are nervous. They don't know what's coming. So you have to be sensitive to that. Uh, you also have to be sensitive to, to the performance that you want out of it. But you have to be sensitive to those people because you don't want to acquire a company and then have half your, half your people leave. Yeah. Because you're acquiring, as much as you're acquiring the business of that company, you're acquiring the people of that company. They're the ones that made it attractive for you to start with in the first place. So you really have to be cognizant of the people part of the acquisition as well as the financial and the business part of it. 
Yeah, well said. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. On that note, we've got to take a quick commercial break. So you stay right there, Tony. We're going to come right back. Okay. You don't go anywhere either. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers. your design and feel, and your personality. Did you know that aside from being a guest, we offer even more opportunity to boost your brand? Adding your company logo and website on screen during your interview will allow viewers to recognize your brand instantly. Incorporating images and video clips is another great way to showcase your product during your live segment. Let viewers see how good you really are. And most importantly, there's you and your interview. For less than the cost of a newspaper, direct mail, or a magazine ad, you can leave our studio and within 48 hours have a permanent digital copy of your live segment to link to your social media, embed into your company website, or use in email marketing. Investing in your brand is so very important, and we can't wait to have you as a guest. Shelter dogs aren't broken. They've simply experienced more life. If they were human, we would call them wise. They would be the ones with tales to tell and stories to write. The ones dealt a bad hand who responded with courage. Do not pity a shelter dog. Adopt one. Say we've got grit and we'll take it as a compliment because it's our uncommon drive our spark within that brings us together and sets us apart. We are temple made. And when others take shortcuts, when others take breaks, when others take the easy way, we take charge. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder. Today, my guest is Tony Vitullo, the Chief Financial Officer of Aurora Engineers. Tony, we've uh, had a really good conversation before the break. You've shared wonderful insights. Um, I want to just start the second segment by giving you an opportunity to talk a little bit about something that I know is important to you, and you're a modest guy, so I'm going to call this a chance for you to brag. Uh, you've had a wonderful background, a great career, and you were recognized as the 2017 CFO of the Year. And you were also recently recognized here in 2019 as an influencer of finance. Talk about both of those awards and what they mean to you. It, it, it was a surprise and an honor for both of them. As a matter of fact, for the, the 2017 Philadelphia Business Journal CFO of the Year, there was a class of about 18 of us. And they said it was the largest submission that they had ever had. And they selected 18 of us from different walks of life, different industries. Uh, I actually never knew that I was submitted or... or uh, our executives mm. and Aurora engineers had submitted me for it. And I was actually coming home from vacation and uh, received an email that said, congratulations, you've been elected CFO of the year. And I said, that's junk mail. You know, <laughs> somebody's trying to sell me something, you know. And then I checked in and I said, wow, this is, uh, what an honor. Uh, what a, an honor for recognition. So it was a really great thing. I met a lot of the people at the Philadelphia Business Journal and it was, uh, it was just a great honor to be, to be recognized for what you've done over your career. Right. So I figured that's great. You know, my career, I've done, I've hit the, the high point of my career. That's Doesn't great. get better than that. So a couple months ago, I get another email from the Philadelphia <laughs> Inquirer. It says, uh, congratulations, you've been selected as an influence of finance in the CFO category for 2019. Again, I'm saying, put it to our business development people. Is this junk mail? What's going on? No, no, we submitted you for this. This is, this is for real. And that was, uh, as much as the Philadelphia Business Journal was an honor, this, this was really, really uh, 
something special. And they, oh, they both were. Yeah. But it, again, it's nice to be recognized for what you've done in the career that you've, you've been in. So well, congratulations to you. you. Well deserved. So let's, let's jump back into something. I'm going to look at my notes here because I want to make sure I get this right because you've done some writing. Yes, and right. I want to I mention a quote. Uh, we've talked a little bit about You've mentioned behind the numbers a couple of times. But in one of the pieces that you've written, you talk about forward-thinking CFOs, CFOs need to go beyond the face value of the numbers. And you've alluded to that right now. But when you talk about the idea of working in the business versus on the business, uh, speak a little bit about that and what that means to you about needing to go behind the numbers in that context. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate uh, 20 years or so ago to be working for a CEO that brought me to a session given by Michael Gerber who wrote The Entrepreneurial Myth. Uh, and we spent all day and the takeaway from that was too many entrepreneurs or business people in general are so busy generating the numbers and working in their business that they don't take a step outside and say, work on my business. What is my business about? Where does my business want to go? Where do I want to go as, as an owner, as a CEO? Where am I going to lead this company? Too often you get in the weeds and say, you know, you're too busy worrying about where's the next sale going to come from? How much money did I make this month? What am I going to make next month? You really have to say, what am I looking for in the next three, four, five years for an entrepreneur? What's my exit plan? Whether it's 20 or 30 years down there, where do I want to be? So, and that takes stepping away from your business, getting away. You have a lot of entrepreneurs, management teams that go away for strategic retreat. They get away from the business, throw away their phones for two days, and just say, and dream a little. Vision, dream. What do I want this business to look like? What's it look like today? What do I want it to look like tomorrow? And that's so important for the sustainability and growth of a business. Otherwise, you get lost in the numbers. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's critical. And I've tried to bring that ever since 20 years ago when I experienced that seminar. Tried to bring that to every company that I've been in. Let's not just work for tomorrow, tomorrow being Thursday. Let's work for tomorrow, five years from now. And where do we want to be? Yeah. One of the things you've written uh, was entitled something to the effect of the CFO is a critical business partner. Um, yeah, it should be a no-brainer, but I'm guessing that perhaps it's not always perceived that way. What inspired you to write that? I, I actually uh, was asked to, uh, to proofread a book that a colleague of mine was writing about finding money in your, in your business. And uh, when I started to write it, they wanted to, what's the importance of a CFO? So I started to think about, think back on my career and think about things that I had read. And uh, most of it's surrounded that the CFO is not just a controller, it's not just an accountant. Your CFO should be the partner with the CEO or the executive management team, however you're structured in your business. But you need to be a forward-thinking person. Don't, most of the time, accountants are historians. Yeah. You know, what happened last month? What happened last week? You need to say, okay, what happened last week? And how is that going to affect our future? Or what do we have to change if we have to change to affect our future? And all of that comes again from working on your business and seeing where you want to be. And uh, fortunately, I've, been, I've worked for entrepreneurs and CEOs that, that had a vision. The ones that didn't have a vision are doomed to just treading water. As, as, as I said in my article, yeah. you're treading water and you're just, you're in business, you know, but you're not developing anything. If you have a vision, let's work towards it, yep. you know, and the CFO has to be a partner in that because the CFO is the one that really understands the numbers and how he can project those numbers into 
a business success. Yeah, Tony, if anybody wants to reach out and learn more about you or your firm, how can they contact you? Again, it's avitulo at auroraengineers.com or my Twitter account is at tvitulo. So you talk about visionary, you talk about being a dreamer, the ability to dream. Talk a little bit more about that and what that me really means in terms of being creative when you're in an executive environment where maybe uh, it, it's not really well received to necessarily be perceived as creative. Um, again, it takes, I don't own a company, I've never owned a company. It takes a visionary that owns the company to, to create that vision. I think a CFO can help if a CFO is, is creative. Now, I'm fortunate that my avocation is, is a musician, so there's some creativity on one side of my brain that, that I can leverage into the analytical side of my brain, which kind of helps a little, but uh, you can help, you can cajole, you can advise, you can influence an entrepreneur. But again, it's the entrepreneur who is at risk, the entrepreneur whose name is on the door. So your job as a CFO, or any strategic partner, is to actually make the case and try and influence that entrepreneur to get to their vision. They all have a vision, you know, and it is their vision. So your job is to help them to get there. And keep them focused. Keep them focused. Yeah, so yeah, well, most of my CFO guests talk about being part-time psychologists, too. Yeah, so I, I, I actually joke about having that sign outside my door, take a come. number, the doctor is in. You know? Yes. <laughs> we only have a couple more minutes left sure. in this segment, but there's one other thing that I wanted to ask you about, because you've, you've written about uh, business development. What, what's a CFO doing writing about business development, Tony? If you're working on your business, again, a CFO needs to know every, every to that business, and business development is as critical as, as the financial numbers because that's the leading edge of what, what generates the revenue which generates the growth. So you need to be focused on business development. And as I said, business development is a constant moving forward. It's not one and done. You have to actually have a plan, keep executing that plan and changing it as your environment changes. Yeah. And as, as your business changes, your business will change. Our business in Aurora Engineers has changed greatly in the last five years. We still have our core business, but we're expanding, we're diversifying, and we're trying to do that again, to accomplish the, the owner's vision, and also to sustain and grow. And our growth has been phenomenal in the last five years. That's excellent. Yeah. Can we talk just a little bit about communication? And by that, what I want to explore is, it, the CEO as the visionary speaks from a higher level, as the CFO, you're, you're kind of the gatekeeper, you're the voice of reason, if you will, to the financial community, to the audit team. The employees look to the CFO as the, the leader of the integrity, that when you, when you say something is, it really is. There's no sugarcoating, there's not right. a sales component. Talk a little bit about the importance of communication as a CFO. Communication is important, and you did hit one of the buzzwords there is integrity. The CFO can never lose their integrity. And again, CFO is an advisor. So, uh, it's important for the CFO to tell the CEO, CEO exactly what's happening. You know, again, you can't sugarcoat it. Again, it could, it's the CEO's final decision what that person may want to do or the owner wants to do. Your job as a CFO is to examine the risk and project out how this will work, how it won't work, or maybe your thinking has to change a little bit to make it work. But again, that's why you need to understand every bit of the business. You need to understand business development. You need to understand HR. You need to understand the technology piece. We all come into this job with the financial tools, or we should, or we shouldn't be there. But those other pieces of the business, you have to be cognizant of it, and you have to learn about it. You have to be involved in it. 
Yeah, thank you. Great conversation on that. We've got to say farewell for today. Dave, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, Tony. Today my guest has been uh, Tony Vitullo, Chief Financial Officer of Aurora Engineers, uh, a guy that truly understands what it really means to look behind the numbers. So until next time, take care. We'll see you again on Behind the Numbers.